Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you? Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name is Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to pull out my trusty pocket knife and saw through the Gordian knot of the internet's stupidity. <laughs> and my name's Matt Sainting, and yet another day has passed, and I haven't used calculus, so that's fun. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I took multiple calculi classes in high school, because I still haven't used it, but here Thank we are. Thank you for you know. properly pluralizing that. Oh, of course. I would. Calculus is, just sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about, like, more than one calculus on, like, your, like, when you have kidney stones, it's called a calculus, right? Or, or gallstones. So, if you have calculuses. Well, that, that's, a, that's a different route, because it's, it's yeah, based right. on, like, calcium, because it's a calcium deposit. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, my favorite... Uh, my my favorite Latin plural is actually the plural for scrotum. Is it is it scrotius? No, it'd be scrota. Scrota. Okay, I like, like that. data and datum. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So if you ever have cause to refer to multiple scrotum every day, yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe later this episode, even. Yeah. There uh, you go. That's a little <laughs> teaser for you, friends. We're talking about scrotums. That's very right. Shortly. We are. That, that'll keep that'll keep your you scrotum. That'll keep you around and grandma away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're teasing that ball sack real early in this we're actually, episode. We're actually teasing Scrota. If you, yeah. get, if you can get down Te- to it. We're teasing many ball sacks. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So we actually wanted to get uh, started with uh, just a couple rapid fire topics uh, from a pair of very dedicated listeners. So this first one comes from longtime listener, not first time caller, Nathan. Friend of the show, Nathan. That's right. He is a friend of the show and of the people that run the show, <laughs> which describes most of our audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's really true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he sent us an article from the New York Times, which featured a real estate listing of a New York City apartment being marketed without a toilet. Okay. How close to the subway is it? Because if you're close to the subway, you can just take a dump there and no one's going to give a shit. Well, yeah, nobody eats at Subway anymore. No, I mean, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, any Subway is going to smell like shit no matter which one you go to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the smell in, like, an actual Subway restaurant is so not good. Yeah, I I was talking about the piss-laden, like, uh, transportation system, but the sandwich shop works just as well. Yeah, The piss-laden sandwich shop. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in there, but every subway smells exactly the same flavor of this clearly is not food. Of yoga mat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a 150 square foot studio on West 4th Street <laughs> Jesus. that was renting for $2,000 a month. 150 square feet. I mean, um, that is pretty close to the rent I'm paying, but I definitely have a toilet and a few doors. I don't want to brag. Yeah. But yeah. 
Is it more than 150 square feet? Is yeah. it bigger than a 10 by 15 space? Yeah, it's not a prison cell. Yeah, I don't, yeah, absolutely. It is. <laughs> I don't even know what my square footage is, but it is. It is. Hold uh, on, I'm going to Google how big a prison cell is real quick. So historically, American jail cells are uh, can be as small as six by eight feet or 24 square feet. That's not a lot of room to move around. This is a whole cell uh, block then. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but modern American Correctional Association standards dictate a minimum of 70 square feet. So <laughs> that's the more humane number, 70 square yeah, feet. Yeah. So this yeah. is like a luxury cell. This is like a luxury prison cell. It's double sized. You've got room for a full twin size bed. This is the one Donald Trump's going to go to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. This begs the question. Uh, actually, it doesn't beg the question. It's really the title it, of the was, article was, is, do I really need a toilet? And that's a que- that's a question Nathan asked. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's explore this topic. Do you really need a toilet? So I, I looked into this uh, when you told me about this question, and I would say that modern toilets have been with us since only the 16th century, and they, they were only really prolific in the mid 19th century. So for the most of human history, we have not been with toilets. So I'd say, do I really need one? No, you don't really need one. But much like other luxuries, it is a really nice to have, I would say. Yeah. And I, you know, I put a little bit of thought into how you can get around not having a toilet. The way the Middle East does. You, you go, you, like you, Well, there, there, are, there are parts of the Middle East where it's, you know, you go out to an outhouse and there's, you know, there's basically a hole in the ground and you squat over the hole and... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's yeah. that's actually a pretty common type of toilet around the world. It yeah, does work yeah. fine. Like if, if you just need a place to shit. And, and you know or what piss. I like about those toilets? Though? Yeah. Like every dad in America, like ask, ask any, ask anybody in America about, uh, uh, about a dad's toilet habits. They'll be like, he's in there for like 45 minutes. He's just getting privacy. Like that bathroom, <laughs> that bathroom, it might seem like a prison to you. But it is a respite from the noise of children and the, and the demands of family. That's every dad's safe space. Yeah, that's really there's a reason they call it the throne. It's like a man cave. Yeah. But I started thinking about it and it's just like, OK, well, I'm pretty sure if you were in like 1980s New York, I'm pretty sure there were city bylaws that basically designated any areas within 30 feet of a peep show as a toilet. Yeah. So you can just go wherever you want in New York in 1987. How can you list an apartment would not have a toilet on there like legally? I feel like that would that's like that's like some of the bare minimum shit. It could have a shared toilet. Like maybe, uh, maybe got grandfathered in. <laughs> it could be like a public. It, it could be like a uh, uh, like a shared bathroom situation, like in an old flop house in the 1930s. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Again, so do I really need a toilet? That's a question that everyone has to answer for themselves. I would say I need one, um, but I don't know as a species if we we would be able to we would be able to keep the magic kingdom going without toilets without modern toilets i would say i live in a three bedroom one bath house with five people so Bra- well, way mean, to brag to a guy in a one bedroom apartment in dc <laughs> <laughs> what's it like to have like four wa- more than four walls yeah <laughs> 20 so all i'm saying is that 20% of my time i effectively have no toilet <laughs> yeah oh i got you that's that's unfortunate. like you're just standing outside wishing you were in <laughs> That's because you just keep cranking out toilet users, man. You guys got to stop that. <laughs> uh, so to get around having not having a toilet, what I would recommend is just get a five gallon Home Depot bucket. Oh, God. Five gallons of water. Yeah. Uh, maybe a maybe a drill bit with a with a fan blade on the end. And, and what you do is you combine the feces with uh, the extra oh, water. And man. through the power of the drill, you liquefy everything. You're able to just dump it right down your sink. Yeah. I Oh, God. I just that sounds that just sounds 
so fucking gross because the sink in the kitchen, are, are you talking about the kitchen sink or what sink? Are you yeah, the kitchen sink. I mean, okay, so w- what would you do with the bathroom if you didn't have a toilet? Would you convert that space to a podcast studio? What would you, well, what would, well, what would I mean, you could do bathroom? the kitchen sink or you could do the bathroom sink. The, I think the article specifically said that there was a shower and a sink, just no toilet. I, I, I think um, I would not want to do that with my kitchen sink because that's where I wash my hands. Sometimes that's where I wash my dishes. Um, that's where I sometimes you get water for food. I just have a mental block about mixing your shit with the food water you use. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the post-apocalypse, you need to get over that. Yeah, well, I in, in we, we, we're, not there yet. we're not there yet. <laughs> so I have some I have some time to adjust. Yeah. All right. So we have another topic here. Uh, this was actually recommended by another friend of the show and friend of the hosts. Yep. Maurice. Hi, Maurice. Hi, Maurice and Diana. Please, please rate us both five stars. Well, time out. Diana didn't sign this email. This was just Maurice. OK, so she's going in blind. Yeah. Uh, so Diana, brace yourself. Your, your husband has thoughts and he wants to share them with you. He sent us an article from cleveland19.com. Hudson Mayer suggests that ice fishing could lead to prostitution. So for those of you unfamiliar with the pastime of ice fishing, you know, you can go out there on the ice, drill a hole, drop the line, pull up your fish. But a lot of times, especially in areas with longer, longer, colder winters, you have a consistent, uh, freeze over bodies of water like Lake Erie and people actually set up shacks on the ice, drill the hole and they'll run little space heaters and everything to make it a relatively comfortable experience. And the mayor here is concerned that those shacks could be used for fucking. Well, it's really funny because uh, this town of 22,000 Hudson, Ohio, the mayor was Craig Schubert. Uh, he actually resigned over this, uh, which is not the resignation you expect when it comes to politicians and prostitution. But it is maybe one of the funnier ones <laughs> where he kind of during like a city hall meeting or some sort of official hearing. He definitely said, like, you got to be worried about ice shanties because then the prostitutes start coming in. So the question does need to be asked, does ice fishing lead to prostitution? And I say <laughs> only if you're doing it right. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. If, every, if everything goes according to plan, you will have like some ice fishing prostitutes. Do you think he resigned because he because he lost the do you think he pissed off the frozen lake sex worker uh union what, yeah <laughs> yeah i think both of them got real mad no yeah i um I, I think he resigned because he just got made fun of so much on the internet i mean like here's the thing listener if you ever if you are ever the center of a controversy and people are making fun of you the best thing you could do is lean into it he should make ice fishing prostitute shirts this guy should have his own <laughs> line lean into it he will be rewarded for it he'll come out on top and this could be this could have been the best thing that happened to former Mayor Craig Schubert. Yeah. And and to be to be absolutely clear, his his position of as mayor of a small town is an honorary position. It doesn't come with a paycheck or anything. And I totally understand. What, he wasn't like elected. Like, well, uh, yeah, he is elected, but it's still not a it's not a paid position. He didn't get pay- he did not get paid. Are you kidding I believe me? That's what they said on the article. Wow. I, I, OK, so he gave up his free job by making a link to ice fishing and prostitution. Like he, he, he was trying to get fired. I feel like then that's insane. So what's interesting is there's actually an internal link on their website. This is not the first time. Yeah, that this guy has made national news. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Well, yeah. It um, in, in, in the past six months, I want to say like the second time. In the yeah. Past September six 15th, 2021. Yeah. Uh, he called for the entire school board to resign. Yeah. Or he's threatening to have them criminally charged. This guy's kind of a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we should tread lightly because he did do this um, after his wife died in September. So like he might be having some mental might be going through. He might be going through some grief things. So we should I was, we should tread a little lightly. 
Okay, I was I was unaware I was unaware of that. Um, Which is okay. I'm not, ma- you know, it's just a way for me to lord over. I you. think this mayor's right. The school board should resign, and if not, he should have them arrested. And then <laughs> uh, we should definitely let, let's give up. Let's give him the ice fishing thing. Yeah. Yeah, so um, does ice fishing lead to prostitution? You know, if all goes according to plan, it will. I would say. I mean, like, <laughs> ice fishing leads to just rainbow trout depletion. I feel like it just it, it doesn't. I mean, what are you? What are they doing with the fish? They're like after after a nice long hard day of ice fishing, you know what I could go with? A forty dollar blowjob. Like, it, it's like is that is that what these dudes are just sitting around thinking? I, I don't yes. know. I, I've never ice fished. I don't know. You know? I, but I've met dudes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've met dudes who are in the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there you go. Well, so thank you. Thank you, Maurice. Fantastic topic. Uh, ice fishing does clearly lead to prostitution. I don't think this mayor needs any more negative internet attention. God damn it. He's right. Absolutely. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> speaking of another thing you could do in your ice fishing shack, I saw an Instagram story from another Pennsylvania friend, someone you don't know. He lives in Philly, my friend Steve. Oh. And he... I didn't know you had other Pennsylvania friends that you've been oh. cavorting with. Are you podcasting with Steve, too? No, but he is a real funny guy. He should have his own podcast. Um, oh. He should, we should actually have him on. He's a real funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Steve from Philly, you hear that? That's a challenge. If you're I, listening to the show, you're I invited to be a guest. I don't think he listens. So if he does reach out to us, I'll be very impressed. But um, here we go. This is funny. This was a screenshot of a Wikipedia article that essentially says it's a uh, Finnish pastime known as pants drunk, okay. which is a form of drinking culture originating in Finland in which the drinker consumes alcoholic drinks at home. Dressed All right, in I'm as, on board. Yeah, right. Already dressed in as little as clothing as possible, mainly okay. in underwear with no intention of going out. Uh, I just call that working from home. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a culture there. Have I been appropriating it? <laughs> uh, only, yeah, it's only appropriating culture if you know about it. I think this is m- <laughs> much like, you know, I think it is real. It is said to originate in Finland, but I think humans can get to this point all on their own without any outside influence. Yeah, I think anthrop- you know? anthropologically speaking, I think this is a... Uh, this is a culture that has originated in many places independent of each other. It's just it's just what humans do. So I looked into this and this is actually really interesting. Um, it actually comes from a democratic ideal, right? Pants drunk doesn't demand that you deny yourself the little things that make you happy. Affordability is at its hallmark. And when you have nine months of harsh winter freezing darkness, you got to do what you can do to stay happy, right? So staying inside, being drunk without pants uh, is up there. Yeah. So, but not only is it a pastime, it is official foreign policy of Finland. It's it's a foreign policy of Finland? Three years ago, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, the unit for public diplomacy, launched two emojis of people drinking in their underwear in armchairs. <laughs> it, had, it had a man w- in briefs with a beer, and it had a woman with a glass of red wine. Uh, and this is supposed to represent Finnish culture. Okay, uh, really, really interesting, really funny. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna cha- I'm gonna challenge that because one, I don't I don't like the gendering of alcoholic beverages. There's okay. no such thing as yeah. a girl drink and a guy drink. I agree with that. And too. then yeah. and then as a matter of Finnish culture. How many vineyards do you think Finland has? I know, it, it, unless it's Vinland. <laughs> like, I mean, they probably import, you know, it, it is 2022. They probably import a lot of their booze, I would imagine. Uh, they probably have like iceberry wine or something like that, which I'm pretty sure is out of D&D or <laughs> Snow, snowberry. It's the drink of the snow elves. So w- one thing you also have to understand is that Finland 
is rated the third most proper, prosperous country in the world. It also achieved the highest total UN score in the 2018 World Happiness Report. It is ranked the most stable, the safest, and the best governed country in the world. It is among the least corrupt and the most socially progressive. Its, world's poli- its police are the world's most trusted. The banks are the best financially sound. They have free healthcare and university education. So when it comes to happiness, I think pants drunk leads to a, it's a domino effect, just leads to the best <laughs> part of society here. Do you think the problem in America is too many people are drinking with their clothes on? Because like while you were going through that <laughs> list, like you started the list, you're like, oh, they're number three. And this I'm like, well, who's number one and number two? Surely America. Like I was no, going to I was going to take no. on I was going to take on that that American swagger as an affectation. Like we're the best, blah, blah, blah. But everything you listed sounds pretty amazing. The yeah, only thing no, Finland's the only thing country. that doesn't work for me is speaking Finnish. I would win, well, I would learn Finnish if I could have all that shit. You know, I'd figure Actually, it out. You know, I was I was a Korean linguist in the army, and uh, Finnish and Korean are both Altaic languages. So grammatically speaking, they're pretty similar. Interesting. So you probably do pretty well in Finland. Just w- I no would pants. Do okay. Language skills. Um, what I think is really interesting is when you think about Finnish history. Finland declared its independence from Russia in 1917. It was a poor agrarian country with a GDP that was barely grazing the global average. Right, life expectancy was low. Child mortality was really high. But a hundred years later, more just over a hundred years, Finland has become a real huge post-industrial information society. And again. And the third most prosperous in the world. I think we have pants drunk to to thank for that. And they did it all without pants. That's amazing. It's yeah. It, it did it all without pants in the freezing winter, which is nine <laughs> months long in Finland. Yeah, yeah. You have sex once at the beginning of winter, and the next time anybody sees you, you're <laughs> carrying a baby. Oh god. That's why they're that, that's why they're happy. That's why they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> so in Finland, they do call it. Uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce this correct. Kals. Kalsa Rekanet. Kalsa Rekanet is pants drunk in, fin- in Kalsa, Finnish, by the way. Kalsa Rekanet? Kalsa Rekanet. I'm probably, right. I'm probably jacking that up. This is the Finnish. No, way I'm sure you it, hit it. Yeah. Pr- I'm sure you nailed it. First time go. Nailed it. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag yeah. nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not to finish that topic too early. Ooh, there you go. But I do have another rustic group of people I'd like to talk about. Oh, please. Uh, I was on LinkedIn the other day and a maintenance director shared a post and I, I hate reading blocks of text, but I'm going to go ahead and read. I this. don't think you do. I don't think you do. So you we'll, say we'll, you do. We'll, and if I need to cut it, I'll cut it. <laughs> so who are the kind of men who carry pocket knives today? They're typically utilitarian. They're like you're selling men. pocket knives right now. <laughs> They're the type of men who work hard for a living, fix what is broken and stand fearless in the face of a world full of evil. Ford F-150. <laughs> <laughs> to put it simply, They're the type of men that I feel this world needs more of. Oh. If you find yourself in a tight spot and need some help, just ask the guy with the pocket knife. Although they are few and far between these days, chances are he can and will be able to help you out. Hashtag knives. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like a Super Bowl commercial. I I, like, how do you identify the guy with the pocket knife? You just look for the guy with the bulge and just like, oh man. And hope it's not an eight ball of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, that's either, that's either John Hamm or somebody who can help me. (laughs) No, I think, I think that, oh, so here's the thing about John Hamm's. He doesn't have a huge, massive sized penis. It it was a fucking, it was a fucking, uh, like a, a lav mic so he can go earpiece. It was just, it was just down there. It's not his penis. It's just like it has, the same thing happened to Idris Elba. And he said, actually, it's just it's just a microphone attachment. It's so just I a microphone attached to his penis. No, it's it's, 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 it's so they clip it on the inside of your pants and it drops down and like, it just looks like a dick. <laughs> 
that's that's so we got to the, we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. So, so now, so do we need to do we need to retcon like seventeen episodes of no, John Ham's so. penis related content? I don't think so. No. I just, but I just here's the thing. He never said it officially, but the same thing happened to Idris Elba, and Idris Elba dispelled it. So I think the same things. I think the same things probably true with John. Hamm. Okay, so okay. So I'm this is induce, still, I'm kind of inducing it. This is this is this is Schrodinger's penis right here. John Hamm's John Hamm's <laughs> Ham pocket has, bulge John, is both massive and tiny. Yeah, John Hamm's John Hamm's pocket bulge may be a mic'd up dick or just a dick. Just a just a. I hope I, I like to think he's on the record though. Yeah. Anyway, but as far as these pocket bulges are concerned. Uh, I mean, this is clearly, this is clearly some, I, I, I think some boom, uh, some boomer bullshit. 100%. First of all, it assumes the guy has, a, as we talked about g- gendering drinks, women could have pocket knives. You're just completely cutting out half of the population in this. Is, is a woman ready to work hard for a living, fix what's broken oh, and stand God. fearless in the face of the world full of evil? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, during World War II, they did Rosie the Riveter and shit like that. And also they do it today, every day. I should not, not just World War II. <laughs> And when, when just look at the Israeli army. I mean, women do all kinds of badass shit. I've seen the Israeli army. They're everywhere in Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small country. It is a very small country with a, lot, a lot of people. Of sec- and a lot, lot of security, people with machine guns and a lot of security interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, I know the difference between an assault rifle and a machine gun. I'm just using the shorthand vernacular. Well, I, the person who wrote this blog would say there's no such thing as an assault rifle. That's what they would say. Oh yeah, they just say there's a there's a rifle that you can use to assault people. Right, right. But I would say you know <laughs> when you talk about the assault, the assault rifle debate, I. I think one thing that is never mentioned is people say, oh, there's no such thing as assault rifle. Meanwhile, the United States Congress has literally set precedent for what they define as an assault rifle. All you have to do is look at the 1996 assault weapons ban. Why can't we use that as a going definition? Anyway, I'll get off my Because the box. NRA didn't approve it. Yeah, well, so the, 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 okay. Fuck exactly. The United, the, the United <laughs> States Congress doesn't get allowed to, to categorize these things and I, and, the, and essentially define them. I think we do that for all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the NRA is never going to be a sponsor of our show. So I have a cousin that works with the NRA. I have a cousin that works with the NRA. Unfuck the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they're my cousin. They're from Virginia. Fuck the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I thought this was kind of interesting. I've actually got a lot of interest in pocket foldable knives. In my home state of Maine, on April 15th, 2011, the Maine House of Representatives actually passed legislation legalizing the possession and use of switchblades for one-armed people. I mean, um, I, I have heard about this. It, it is really funny. So do they... Was it? I just have so many questions. Did they? Was it outlawed for one-armed people previously? Yes. Well, okay. it was outlawed how for everybody. That, how did that? Okay, so okay, I see what you're saying. So if you have one arm, then you're you, then you're you're given this new right, essentially. Yeah. So uh, there's a lawyer from a place called Mexico, Maine. Oh, which is on the shores of the, the mighty col- Androscoggin the River, coldest place in Mexico ever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was named uh, it was named out of solidarity for the uh, during the Mexican Revolution. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So it's on the Androscoggin, which incidentally also runs through Berlin and Milan before emptying its waters out to sea. What? <laughs> so, a, a, a body of water from Maine to Milan? Well, it runs through Mexico, Maine, Berlin, Maine, and oh, Milan, Maine. Okay. There's a Jesus. lot of there's a lot of people. Like Maine's another place kind of like Finland where there's long cold winters. And I guess if you're you landlocked wish you, in you wish you were somewhere else. If you're landlocked in Maine, you're just sitting there dreaming of being literally yeah. anywhere the fuck else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, this guy, he's actually a one-armed lawyer. And he said, this is bullshit that I can't have a switchblade. I only have one arm. Using a foldable knife is extremely difficult for me. Okay, okay. Totally makes sense. Switchblades have been outlawed in most places in the United States since uh, the 1950s. Oh, wow. 
basically post-war America. The first of the baby boomers are are you know out there causing you know slicking their hair back, wearing leather jackets, and doing drag races on these on, on over by Dead Man's Bluff. The T Birds, yeah, right. You also have to put this in the context of the Cold War. So in the Cold War, people in the 1950s and 60s are living under the constant threat of nuclear war. So going after something like switchblade violence seems which is really pro- trivial. Yeah, <laughs> right. It seems it seems trivial, but it's something that you can control. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, well, I might not be able to stop the Russians from getting the nukes here, but I can stop the it, it, and be, make no mistake. This is absolutely rooted in racism. Yeah. So there's definitely a racial component here. If we look at examples from pop culture from that period, we have like Rebel Without a Cause and we have West Side Story, which features Puerto Rican street gangs. Yeah. Yeah. And both of those, uh, both of those pieces of pop culture involve somebody getting stabbed to death with a switchblade. Can we get a spoiler alert for people who haven't seen West Side Story yet? <laughs> uh, this is a like retroactive never spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know who gets stabbed. Just know that this is this is the there Chekhov's is a switchblade. There is a stabbing. Yeah, this is um, the Chekhov switchblade at the beginning of the story. I have a, a question. You know, there comes into play the amount of utility a one-armed person for with a with a knife because if you have a one-armed person and they have a knife guess what now they have no more arms to do anything and you can just shoot the fucker well but you're assuming it's for a fight I, like this is a utilitarian task like if you need somebody to fix something or i would just attach a knife to the end of my stub if you need somebody to uh, work hard for a living fix what's broken and stand in the face of a world full of evil a one-armed man with a switchblade is there well, one thing I would do is if I had a one arm, I would just attach a blade to the other's nub and just I would just like get I would, so I would have one free hand. OK, so you just have a permanent blade fixture like a post-apocalyptic yeah. pirate. I mean, he's this guy's a lawyer. Why not shoot for the stars? Yeah, right. I mean, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? well, that's just it. I think it's perfectly I think it's perfectly legal for you to put to attach a blade to your nub. OK. Well, then the problem solved is nub the pl- is nub the correct I terminology. Not, I, look, look, look. I have been around uh, uh, disability rights my entire life. Uh, I, I feel totally fine with calling it nub or stub. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. For for, for what it's worth, and I, I, gr- think- I grew up. I grew up with a disabled. My only sibling in the world was disabled her whole life, and now I work for a nonprofit that specializes in disability rights for for a certain population. So those are my credentials. Okay. All the one-armed people out here are going to be super pissed at me right now. So I, I think I think nub and stub is acceptable, but uh, how about this? I, I will say at the point of ampu- at the point of term the terminal point of okay. the limb. Yep, we'll we'll say that. I think okay, that, right. I think that sounds I think that sounds more clinical. The terminator point, if you have a knife attached to it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your T one thousand limb. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I think it begs the question, like enforcement. How does enforcement for legalizing switchblades for one-armed people work? <laughs> this I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious at the point of purchase who who was qualified to own and not own a uh, a, a switchblade. But what's to prevent third party sales? Like you have a one uh, a one arm dummy buyer go in, buy up a bunch of switchblades, and then hands them out to all of his two armed friends or three armed friends. I don't know who he hangs out with. There's going to have to be a uh, a limit on how many you can purchase at once. Is what I would say. I'd say about a handful. <laughs> God, that that is way worse than nubs and stubs, my friend. You know, oh God, You're going to hell for that one. Obviously, having a switchblade increases your ability to defend yourself and say like a mugging situation. You know, somebody says, give me your wallet. And then you yeah. reach into your pocket, you pull out your switchblade and you face off against the guy. Presumably you're all. Do you think this would do you think this legislation actually resulted in a in an uptick in crimes by literal one arm bandits? I would be surprised if this legislation resulted in a law. Did it get passed? Yeah. 
Oh, so he so one armed people in Maine can have switchblades. Yes, Maine definitely does have like almost like this New Hampshire live free or die libertarian bent to it too. So it kind of makes sense that they would open up this right first for 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 some folks, you know. Yeah. So really, the uh, the argument. So to to be absolutely clear, Maine legalized switchblades for everyone. However, the vehicle by which the switchblade ban was repealed was a one-armed lawyer making a case for one-armed people as a disability rights issue. That's, that, that is so interesting. But so basically, Maine was like, look, okay, you have a good point. Anyone can have switchblades. Fuck it, right? Like, no, how many, no matter how many arms you have, you can have switchblades. That's right. So automatic knives, as they're called. I love it. <laughs> in, I love in, some, it. in some contexts. Are legal in 38 states. And 26 states have no restrictions whatsoever. Here, here, here's uh, here's something a one-armed person is not going to have a problem doing. <laughs> well, funny. I don't know. It depends on whether or not you're John Ham. He need, he's a two, a two, two he's two, a two-hander, two-hander, <laughs> two, like a like a fishing pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this next topic comes from a forum on the internet where there are no stupid questions, and this, of course, is r slash no stupid questions. And oh I, I, I would venture to guess that this question. It's not stupid no matter what forum it's on. It's definitely not stupid being on this forum, but I think it's actually a really good question. No, I could see a doctor or a lawyer asking this question. The question is, and the qu- the question comes from user Mr. T squared 88. He asks, what credentials do you need to legally become a sperm bank? <laughs> and then his follow-up is, like if you invest in a mini fridge and some Ziploc bags, what's stopping you from opening up your own at-home sperm bank? All right, so I'm going to assume that this guy is not a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, no, <laughs> no, he's probably if, stoned if his, on his mom's if couch. His idea for, if his idea for a sperm bank is some Ziploc bags and a mini fridge, chances are he's not coming at this from a medical or legal standpoint. No, he's coming <laughs> at it from a pure... He's he's trying to he's trying to sell his golden boy batter to try to just, you know... <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to get high off his own supply. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's talk about what a sperm bank is. Sperm bank, which is also known as a cryobank, is a facility or enterprise that collects and stores human sperm for, from sperm donors to use by women and couples who need donor-provided sperm to achieve pregnancy. And are these like typically standalone from like fertility clinics, or is yes. this something? Is this like an added service that fertility clinics offer? They're both. Okay. There, there's some. They're, they're straight. They're straight banks. Otherwise, they're all. They're the whole package, if you will. Uh, a sperm bank is one of those businesses that require you to first look at existing laws in the country or the state you reside in before going to business. Of course, Ryan, I was shocked to learn there are there is not a whole lot of regulations for sperm banks in the United States. It is poorly regulated when it comes to donors. There's nothing in the U.S. that would keep a donor from go, from using more than one sperm bank for one. There is little regulation of reproduction technologies, including in vitro fertilization at the state or federal level. It's just not regulated a whole lot. That's really interesting, considering how much political controversy there is around um, unborn, uh, unborn abortion. You can go ahead and say it. Abortion. Well, I mean, I could say it. But yeah, there's a lot of concern in political circles about the fate of unborn fetuses. However, it seems that there's a lot less concern for the zygotes themselves. So the, the federal government only requires that donated sperm and eggs be treated like other human tissue and tested for communicable diseases. That is the federal regulation when it comes to sperm. They treat it like they do bone marrow or or T-cells. Like a blood transfusion. Or- yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you you screen it to make sure it has no infectious diseases. And actually, when you donate sperm, they they make you take a, a full panel STD test just to make sure that you're totally mm-hmm. good to go, tip top. 
Congress has taken no action regarding assisted reproductive tech since 1992. Uh, so really, it's actually a burgeoning area that, that they really need to update, probably. But let's talk a little bit about what sperm banks do. Then we'll talk about how you can start your well, own sperm bank. <laughs> I, so, Matt, tell me, what, what, what do the, how do the sperm bank do? <laughs> so it involves several steps. First, a person okay. undergoes... If first, a person undergoes an infectious disease screening uh, to make sure there's no STDs, as we stated That's previously. Um, involves a simple blood test. Next, next, the person provides a semen sample, and this is the fun part. Uh, ma- masturbation at a fertility, fertility clinic is the most common way to provide a sample, but in some cases, a sample can be produced at home and delivered to a lab within 24 hours. So you can oh. you can jack off in the comfort of your own home, or you or have or have it be assisted, you know, in the comfort yeah. of your own home. Once the semen is in the lab, uh, you have specialists in sperm and male fertility. They're called andrologists. They okay. analyze and prepare it for storage. I found jobs online, andrology jobs. You can be paid between fifty-five and seventy thousand dollars a year so just to look at jizz, just to just to analyze jizz. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, they, I'm going to my resume. I've looked at a lot of jizz. I've got they, years of experience. I th- you need like credentials. You, you have to go to school. For, I'm, I'm an amateur andrologist. How about how about? <laughs> How about thirty years? How about thirty years of experience? Well, you were analyzing. You were not. You were not jerking off at seven. How about years old how about twenty five years of experience? Yeah. <laughs> I just um, did the math on that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus, someone's a, someone's an early bloomer. Um, <laughs> so what the geologists do is they separate the sperm from the seminal fluid or testicular tissue. Sometimes is is in there, and they look at it with s- chopsticks or tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> just one they, at a time. They uh, they look you at just small, catch it by the tail, put it oh in a jar. God, it's like like they're tadpoles or some shit. <laughs> so andrologists place the sperm into a freezing solution in small vials. The vials go into storage freezers that contain liquid nitrogen, which is why you can't freeze it at home uh, because your freezer is is not going to be cold enough. Um, and and it'll work. Too, it'll work too slowly, which means crystallization will break up the cells and things like that. Spo- right? It'll be. It'll. It'll, it'll just die before it gets to that point. But yeah, uh, sperm needs to be stored at minus one hundred ninety six degrees centigrade. And what they do, and the average home freezer is only minus eighteen, 18 degrees. So okay. you, you do not have the ability to store at home. Um, yeah, I'm. So you need. So, so here's the thing. I guess you would need some outs if you want to start your own sperm bank. One, you need a fridge that can a fridge that can be one hundred ninety six degrees centigrade. Uh, okay. n- negative 196 degrees centigrade. You probably need to hire some andrologists. Um, that's going to run you between fifty-five to seventy thousand dollars a year a, a pop. You're going to need a facility, and you're, and then lastly, you're going to need some dirty magazines because that's what people use to jerk off with, right? It's a or videotapes or whatever it is people use. Uh, to, porn's to free. If you're paying for porn, you're a bad business person. Well, no, they're getting paid to porn because uh, the, the the donors they get the porn for free and they give the boy they get paid for the boy batter, you know. Can so you be, th- can, can we can you BYOP at these clinics or is, does that vary facility to facility? Bring your own pee. Oh, porn, uh, porn. <laughs> no, you, you, usually they provide it there, but um, you know, honestly, if everyone everyone's gonna have an iPhone, so they can just pull it up right there in the fucking in the booth. Are you sure about that negative one hundred ninety six? Is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? It's centigrade. Centigrade. All right. Yes, negative one ninety six uh, centigrade is what sperm needs to be uh, stored at. Because I'm, I'm seeing, like, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a website searching for medical freezers just to see like rough, rough estimate. And the only ones, the coldest one on this site, only goes to negative eighty six. That's yeah. only half as cold as it needs to be for your man junk. 
Well, each patient's sperm is typically split into several vials and kept in multiple storage tanks. So if one freezer fails, the remaining sperm samples remain safe uh, and sperm can be frozen indefinitely. I was surprised to learn this. Uh, when someone is ready to use a sperm, it's carefully thawed in the lab until it reaches room temperature. So much like crystallization in a very methodical process. Should we be collecting the sperm of America's luminaries? Like whom? Like, like should we have Elon a vial Musk? of fucking Barack Obama's sperm? Well, I get Elon, Elon Musk. Spunk. If, you consider, Elon Spunk. if you consider him to be, an, <laughs> if you consider Elon Musk to be a luminary, I think he's uh, I think. Elon Spunk. We should call him Elon Spunk. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, you know, first of all, you know, your fluids are yours, right? So if if only if Obama or Mr. Spunk but if is you're okay a public figure, if you're a public figure, it's no. just like collecting DNA from like cops do it all the time. Can, can the police steal your jizz? Yes, they can. And How? can they freeze your jizz? Yes, only, they can. O- only if they buy the super good. If they freezer. find the tissue in your garbage can, they could take it to an andrologist. Okay, so that's, di- that's different. That's different. Than, they can than, take it to an andrologist, separate the sperm from the seminal fluid and freeze it for posterity. There's no way cops are doing this. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. You know what? There's a lot of things you that law enforcement to, okay. is doing that you would not expect them S- to do. Sperm fucking dies super quick. So someone would have to jack off into some sort of napkin or whatever, throw that away. And then in a 20 minute window, sperm dies. You, a, a cop would have to go in there, find it, freeze it. It's just not going to happen. Glory hole sting operation. <laughs> Mr. President, please enjoy this truck stop bathroom. Yeah, I, and I would Barack say Obama walks in there. And then on the other side of the wall, someone's like, hey, Mr. President. I mean, someone I don't know. Even if you're a luminary, I feel like your fluids are still your own. You can only give it up willingly, right? You can't okay. just take, you can't take someone's blood without their consent. Well, I think what you just have to do is get Unless a crime was committed. You'd have to go undercover at like an eyes wide shut party full of like liberal elites. Yeah. Th- if, if cops are doing this, I'd be really horrified to learn my, what my tax dollars are going to. This is like fucking ridiculous. Also, how do you become a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just have to have a thing for handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, I think we talked a little bit about what it takes to get a sperm bank. When it comes to credentials, andrology is really the only one. And there is no certifying board for andrology. Essentially, people who have undergraduate degrees in biology, you can't get jobs, become jizz analyzers. So, you know. <laughs> but you, you can make 70 grand a year, so it's not a bad life. I, I mean, no, it actually sounds like a pretty cush, uh, pretty cush job. And, you know, it's like high pressure my, because you're dealing with people's lives and futures, you know. Well, that, that's just it, though. Like when I left the army, I, I swore to myself that I'd never get a job where people's lives are hanging in the balance ever again. And then I, I fucked up because I got into restaurant work. And <laughs> turns out you can kill yeah. you can kill a lot of fucking people working at a restaurant or you, you can <laughs> also get them real sick. Yeah. 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 They had a case recently in England where uh, there is an elderly group at a country club eating uh, eating food and uh, somebody got sick enough that they died. And, you know, the, the chef was just absolutely destroyed, not just personally and emotionally, but also legally. Wow. Because he served old shepherd's pie or shepherd's pie that hadn't been uh, temperature controlled properly. Wow. High stakes. Uh, but this is actually a great lead into the next question. Also of the r slash no stupid questions variety user kitty cat one four three 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 asks, what happens when orgies are done? <laughs> uh, the cleanup starts. <laughs> the, the, you know, the guys in the lab coats come in. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, andro- the andrologists come on andro- and can be like, all right, guys, this is it. Time to clear it up. Get the freezer going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> FBI agents are are fast roping in from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. And that brings us back to the old FBI, uh, the old FBI tourist T-shirt, the female body <laughs> I see those in DC all the time, man. It's really funny. It's yeah. trashy. It's like, so it trashy. Is, How is that still a thing? Because 13 year olds are still a thing. That's why. 
That's why. The only people wearing are children. The only people who wear that stuff in town are children. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, seriously, what happens when orgies are done and then they offer for clarification a follow-up question? Does everyone like shake hands or something? I, or... I think they, they shake more than that. No, I, <laughs> I, after you get done, after you get done being in several people, I don't think you end with a handshake. You probably end with a hug. I would imagine at least, at least maybe a kiss yeah. or two. I don't know. Maybe. Depending on what they were, depending on what they were just doing with their mouth, maybe you kiss them. Yeah, I, small. Uh, I, I think there's probably some small talk. Maybe somebody breaks out like a like a board game. I feel like snacks, maybe, or maybe you have yeah, to set the absolutely room, set, snacks. You maybe you have to set the room back up. I have I have a quick story here of a buddy of mine who will rename nameless. Uh, he recently uh, he's a homosexual man and recently had a experience with two other men. And he says, "I was like, oh man, well, how was it?" And he said, you know, it freaked me out because they were setting up the room to do it first. And he's like, it was just a lot for me. I had to step outside and smoke a cigarette. He's like, they're setting up the room. So after this orgy, I'm sure they set up, they reset the room to what it was before. Yeah, because I like in any in any orgy situation, things are going to get knocked over (laughs) or knocked up. Yeah, yeah. There's always that one, there's always that one guy at the party who's just like a bull in a china shop, oh, literally a bull in a china shop. If you have an bull, orgy in a china shop, <laughs> bull in a sperm bank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bull being a lifestyle term for a man who has sex with women. Oh, like multiple, like one guy, multiple. Women. Like he is a he is a he is a he is a man usually well endowed who is responsible for servicing women outside of the context of a relationship. How do you get that job? What are the credentials for that is what I want to know. Got to have a big I penis, you, maybe. Uh, Craigslist approval. Like you have yeah. to get certified on Craigslist. Okay. Well, that's super <laughs> easy. You have, you have $20. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, you have to supply a picture of both your, your, your junk and your face with a size comparison. Oh, is it, so like, like a can of Coke or a ruler or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or, or just you standing next to John Ham naked. <laughs> uh, but you know what my favorite thing to do is at the end of pretty much every orgy, I put on the soft, sweet, dulcet tunes of Rick Reynolds. Uh, I, I would rage Rick Reynolds during the orgy because it'd really get me going. Do you think? Do you think he'd play like a live show? He doesn't have to actually attend the orgy if he doesn't want to. But like, you could schedule the orgy and then, and then at the end of it, you pull back a curtain and there's Rick sitting on a stool playing an acoustic set. Oh, um, I, you know, that's a classy way to that's a classy way to finish the that, finish that is the orgy. a class, that, is, that is a classy orgy. I will say that. Yeah, everybody um, puts their everybody puts their underwear on. They grab themselves a drink. They get pants drunk listening to Rick Reynolds. They get their lighters and start putting them up. And you got to be careful side. with you got to be careful with open flames in an or, in an orgy environment. Well, maybe <laughs> you do, but I have experience. <laughs> he is a candle wax expert. <laughs> You can find Rick Reynolds on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. He's at Rick Reynolds. Uh, he's on all over all over across social media, Amazon Music. That was a that was a very disordered list, and I love the chaos. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us Wreck Your Pod. We're on social media too. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and we are Wreck Your Pod at gmail.com and Twitter. Oh, and Twitter, we, yes. And we are Wreck Your Pod at gmail.com. So please, you can tell I'm really not used to doing this. You please, <laughs> please send us all. What, what's the call of action this week? Do we need sperm bank names? Send us your best sperm bank name. I want to know what you're going to call your sperm bank. You may not send us Spank Bank because that's in literally the title of the episode. Yeah. So um, anything other than Spank Bank, let your imaginations, let a thou- thousand flowers bloom when it comes to your sperm bank. Let your financial name. freak flag fly. <laughs> Uh, you can also uh, find us on the Cast Junkie Discord server. We have a channel there where you can discuss new episodes, chat with the hosts, and 
Uh, talk shit about other podcasts you don't like, but keep it secret and make sure they're not podcasts that are on the Cast Junkie Discord server because all of those podcasts are excellent and it is a fantastic community of creators. And please rate us five stars on, on whatever, however you listen to this. It would really help out the podcast and maybe tell a friend, introduce us. We're trying to spread awareness about this 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 public service we're giving to the public, quite frankly. Yeah, we're, we're banking... We're, we're banking. We're banking on it. <laughs> we're, we're banking five star ratings like it's sperm. Oh, just just go ahead. Just oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so if between now and next week you find yourself hovering over that share button, getting ready to pass on an article about the rugged durability of one-armed men in the beautiful state of Maine, and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are-